And boom, we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. I'm Mike Winter, and I'm here as always with the wonderful, majestic Dr. Bear Paul Lando coming to you live from the Smith River in the great state of Jefferson. Uh, wow, uh, we took a week off, Bear. That was wonderful. Allowed us to refresh a little bit. Thanks, everybody, for uh, enjoying the Tinfoil Hat podcast replay that we put up uh, last week has gotten a lot of amazing comments and i'm glad we did that uh and uh yeah love sam tripoli he's been a big supporter of us and uh i would think we're going back on that podcast again bear i know uh, i've been invited to come on to talk about cordal so thanks guys for um for checking that out last week and it's good to be back live uh we've had a, a wonderful uh summer so far lots of uh of alphaveta community visiting us bear it's been just kind of non-stop every weekend festivities going on uh it's been quite a pleasure it's been the greatest reward actually of doing this podcast and putting alphavedic out has been the community wouldn't you say Yes, and while you guys are rafting and playing in the river, Deb and I are up here digging holes and planting and irrigating and uh, doing all the heavy lifting. But hey, you youngsters need a little recreation. I understand that. Yeah, last week was the Gasky Raft Race. Uh, shout out to Mark, Barb, Shannon, Ryan. Cruised up, stayed at the house. We took first place in our in our class, which was really awesome. And we took second place on best raft. We went down in a kind of island um, recliner, Hawaiian. Hey, you would have liked this bear. The theme was Hawaii, tropical Hawaii. We were wearing Hawaiian shirts and had a uh, had a built-in cooler for all of our non-alcoholic beverages. And I don't say that with tongue in cheek. Uh, we did did not. I don't drink alcohol, so people were like, "Dude, what do you give? Throw me a beer." And I'm like, "I got kombucha. I got CBD. What are you into?" But no, it was great. Um, it was super fun. The river's really healthy right now. We had that those late rains, uh, kind of a cool summer, and uh, we couldn't be happier with the state of the river right now. And I know, same with you guys, since you pull all the water for the farm out of the river, it's so healthy, man. It's uh, it's been quite a blessing this summer. But yeah, thanks yeah, for holding great. it down, you young you young ones out there on the farm, you know. <laughs> you know, speaking of Owen Benjamin before the show, he gave you a shout out, Bear, saying we all, Bear is the example of how we want to age, like dude crushing in his 70s, um, literally uh, throwing boulders around and digging holes and making, putting fences up. And literally, that's what you do. That's not even, that's not an overstatement at all. If anything, that's an understatement. So, <laughs> so um yeah, uh, been such a pleasure, though. Thanks, everyone, for your support. And uh, Music and Sky, we've officially launched the tickets. Check that out, musicandsky.com. There is a $100 discount for Alphabetic Family right now. Um, so uh, check that out on our Telegram. I'll also have it in the show notes below. That's active till July 22nd. You can get 100 bucks off your ticket. Our, our guest this uh Today, Benny Wills was at Music and Sky last year. Maybe he can give a little testimonial about it. Uh, we've we've we're just constantly making it better uh, experience, more family focused, um, and just uh, overall uh, the community once again is what makes that so special. So check that out, musicandsky.com. Finally, uh, for those in our co-op, we will be announcing our law workshop that is August twenty first. That is at a that is a private law workshop retreat. And that is for affiliate uh, for co-op executive co-op members and such. If you're interested in learning more, check out our executive co-op uh, membership option uh, currently on Patreon, soon to be on our own platform. Anything else to throw in, Bear? 
Nope, that's good. Let's get into it. Okay. Uh, today, uh, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, crushing the corporate narrative, award-winning actor and poet Benny Wills returns to AlphaCast to share how memes and creativity can be the most effective tools to bring down the NWO. Uh, since the world is basically professional wrestling these days. Uh, Benny Wills, actor, poet, and communicator extraordinaire, returns to AlphaCast with a special guest of his own. Jason is a graduate of Benny's Parhesia, who heard about this empowering system after hearing Benny's interview with us last summer. As a result, Jason is now well crushing it. Simply put, Parhesha is freedom of speech, the true freedom of speech, which comes when one speaks fluidly from the heart with emotions in check to unlock opportunities that many have yet to experience. Benny and Jason will share how creativity and Parhesha communication techniques can be a vital and healing bridge in our polarized and ultra-opinionated world. Most importantly, these skills can effectively neutralize the corporate narrative where even facts prove ineffective against the mass hypnosis, especially when you have the fact checkers at helm. At the helm. Uh, for those that missed our last AlphaCast Alpha episode with Benny, he is an acclaimed poet, MC, actor, teacher, and coach, and has appeared on stages and television sets around the world. He is also the co-creator of the YouTube comedy channel Joy Camp. Benny feels strongly that the world needs your voice. His Parhesha training was created to the same and has taken the meaning of free speech to new dimensions. Communication is the key to success, and Benny's immersive hands-on training has empowered many who have unlocked their voice and freed their speech through his brilliant methodology. Berlando, another uh, really fun topic and, and actually very practical and important topic for these times, huh? Yeah, uh, a vital topic because uh, what these gentlemen bring to the table is a way to bridge the communication gap. You know, we're on the verge of, uh, well, not on the verge, we're in World War III, you know, and people think, oh, was it going to start? It's like, well, it started before World War I, actually, as part of the original design. And of course, uh, what we're losing here is not a real war, it's a propaganda war, and it's a war for our minds, and they've got everybody so confused and triggered you know, we've got a whole generation that doesn't know whether to squat or stand up. We've got everybody arguing and nobody wants to hear actual information or, or share facts. It's just, you know, what 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 team are you on? And, and then it's you against us. So um, we against all odds, you know, it looks like uh, we've already lost a war out there, you know, with all the control grids in place and and uh, the arrogant class really thinking that they've got it in the bag. But one thing that uh, most people don't consider is this is a war in consciousness and we are the collective consciousness and uh, we have to end this polarization and what it means is find a way to communicate with each other. So that's what uh, Benny and uh, Jason are gonna talk about today. And thank you both for being there. Benny, thanks, uh, we had a great talk with you last time. And then uh, Jason, really, uh, really wanting to hear your story, because I know you're a success story and Benny's system there, and you're out there, as we said, crushing it. So, uh, oh, Benny, I wanted to, uh, before we get into it, and you know, what we really wanted to do is hear about what you guys are up to, but um, I just heard briefly that uh, HBO is doing an uh, <laughs> anarchist episode there or, or a series. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was on that as a, as a speaker on the virtual stage for two years in a row. And I know you were there. 
So uh, I haven't kept up with those guys. I, I haven't watched the HBO series. So what's up? Is that Wait, like what? a hit piece on? Is that a hit piece or is it actually a legitimate documentary? And what all went down with that? Yeah, well, uh, good question. I'm hoping it's not a hit piece. I mean, uh -huh. I the episodes, there's only been one episode so far. There's five more left. I, I'm optimistic about it because I know the filmmakers. Um, the people who made it were at Anarchapulco, I think every year I was there, maybe even a year that I wasn't there. And I've mm -hmm. spoken to them personally. They were producing an independent documentary over the course of those years. They were calling it stateless when they were filming it. And they were able to get it picked up by HBO in the last year. And as far as I know, I mean, they say that they had final say on the edit. And I think that's why I'm optimistic. Um, but it's HBO and it's Hollywood, so I can't help but be skeptical. I'm from Hollywood. I've worked in that business. I hate to think that HBO will probably have final say no matter what they tell the people. But hopefully, uh, it's it, there. It's it, it's not going to be tampered with, and hopefully, it's an it's an actual just honest, you know, documentary. Uh, I think HBO probably picked it up because it ends in tragedy. That's my guess. A couple of people who are featured in the series are not alive anymore. And I think that probably added that sensational, you know, dramatic element that HBO probably is feasting on. Because if you watch the trailer, it certainly doesn't paint it in a great light. But I but the first episode was really honest and good. And I'm really curious to watch it. I'm also obviously curious to see how much I end up in the documentary <laughs> because I was there. I mean, I. I started going in 2015. I was there in 17, 18, 19. I was the MC in 2020. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to wow. see how much of my footage they use. They use a clip of me in the trailer, which is interesting, but hopefully they use a little more than that because all I say in the trailer is F the government. And I feel like my work <laughs> is, it works a little more, uh, I don't know, a little, little profound, profound than that sentiment, but it's we'll interesting see. when a ba when Babylon is talking about something that's trying to get out of Babylon, right? And I'm so out of Babylon, I didn't even know this existed. That's wild. Uh, HBO, right. the left, the leftist uh, channel. Uh, they are a propaganda you know, machine, just like are. every every tentacle of Hollywood. But if the filmmakers got final say, then I trust that it'll give a you know a, a positive portrayal of what we were trying to do down there. The ratings are probably okay. plummeting, so they're trying to, you know, bring in programming that will bring folks like us kind of back in. Because since Game of Thrones, yeah. I think they've been hurting. Yeah. So, I well, mean, thanks for we'll that. See. Thanks, yeah. Benny. I appreciate. It. I was just kind of curious. I just. Oh, I'm uh, so curious. To hear about I'm it so curious. Yeah. I and uh, I can't believe it. I can't believe that. Yeah. Anarchapulco is being featured on well, HBO. Like it's. I Weird. hate to say it. I don't want to bring up controversy, but I've heard from little birds that uh, there are certain controlled operatives behind that event and that it was uh, kind of a honey trap from the beginning. And I'll leave it at that. So, yeah, I don't know. I I, I mean, I've, I've been pretty intimately involved with that situation since the beginning, and that may be true, but I never saw that firsthand. And Good a lot of people are suspicious, but my experience with Enrico is actually pretty genuine through and through. And even the people that have been accused of being you know plants uh my experience with them was totally genuine and i'm gonna trust my gut on those encounters as well 
Beautiful. Yeah, you know, we've uh, we've had a lot of involvements with well-known influencers and got to know them pretty well behind the scenes. And then you hear, um, you know, little birdies telling stories about them, too. And we just say, well, you know, it's not our experience. So I would just say, in fact, I think I chastised somebody on Telegram the other day or somewhere. Uh, just, you know, unless you know somebody, uh, you know, firsthand and you know otherwise it's all hearsay and there's a lot of hearsay well, going on if i'm being honest like my my gripe with anarchapulco and anarchy in general from the beginning was the leaning towards the hedonistic in general with the event like a really they really promoted a lot of um like do whatever you want as long as you're not hurting anybody else and i think that's like fine in philosophy but when that's highlighted it makes us makes everything it makes it look pretty bad when i feel like the, the essence of it is at the core of it, it's voluntarism. It's no masters, no slaves. You know, we we agree to consensual relationships where, you know, terms we both agree on, voluntarism. I think that is beautiful, which is why I would go to that event. And then there's, you know, an element of it that becomes a little too uh, radical as far as partying and drugs and that's a, yeah, stuff like that's that. That's what I've heard. I've heard a certain founder likes to get And I think wasted. HBO is going to love showing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh well yeah there's needs to be like a bit of the, thursday i was just gonna say there needs to be a bit of the sacred right the divine bringing that in like that wholesomeness uh that and there's we, that too you know, yeah but i think that hbo is gonna be like look at how they're you know look at how crazy and wild and dangerous they are i mean unfortunately Anarchist. the guy who the guy who organized the event who they're featuring pretty heavily died of alcoholism like he died of liver failure and he had three kids and I, that's not a good look. I mean, and he's, and it sucks because he's a great guy. Like I really like this guy, Nathan. He was so, he was awesome. And he ended up, you know, paying the ultimate price because he couldn't get his vices in check. And I'm sure HBO is just like, yes, ah, let's promote, yeah. you know, so it's, it's a double-edged sword. So thanks. Um, Benny, let's hear your story about what you've been up to since we talked to you last, how you're changing the world out there. I know you're really doing good things. And uh, let's hear uh, what Jason's up to there yeah. too. So how do you guys want to start? Well, I want to first say thanks for that introduction. That was an amazing sort of uh, overview of Parhesia and what my intention is and what we're doing. And I, I want to like take that and use it because it was so well written and well said. So thank you for that. Thank and you. yeah, in the last year, I mean, Parhesia has really taken off. I've done two seasons since that interview. Uh, my personal life has really been a roller coaster. We ended up getting pregnant right after that. So probably like one year ago this month. So now I have two very small boys. I have one, uh, he's actually three months old as of yesterday. And my other son is a year and a half. So we have two infants in diapers, which is really intense. I'm not going to lie. Like it's, that's been my life is <laughs> babies for a long time now. Um, but it's all, you know, it's also really beautiful and wonderful and awesome and yeah i mean we've been we built a house we, we moved into it and then we decided it wasn't for us and so now we're selling so we're moving again and you know my personal life's been pretty uh crazy but everything else has been really awesome and well the personal life's been awesome too but just been really uh, it's been a it's been a strange path these like this last year yeah i think so the course is going great the last couple <laughs> of years have been strange and wonderful at the same time. Well, yeah, it's been a graduation of sorts. And it's interesting that the, 
the COVID pandemic stuff is like the parallel that it represents in my life is very interesting because we had, we got pregnant with our first son the same month that the lockdowns hit. So the same time that the whole pandemic was being pushed is when we got pregnant. So we got, my wife got increasingly more pregnant as things got more and more weird and having a kid has forced me to grow up in a way and become more mature and become more responsible and be less selfish in the exact same moment where the, the entire world is sort of changing it's in, in its energetic state. So it's been a really, everything changed on a dime essentially in March, 2020. And my personal life is a direct reflection of that. Yeah, we're, we're all going through it. You know, my wife and myself always reflect it. You know, when we had our kids a long time ago, because our kids are in their forties now, um, the world was pretty free and easy. You know, we uh, did a lot of things that in hindsight, I don't know how we could accomplish them today with uh, the climate, the finances, everything else. And um, so, yeah, we, we need to come full circle because the next generation has to be able to enjoy what, uh, you know, we were able to do and accomplish. And, um, and I think that's what we're all here doing here today is to, you know, put our heads together and say, all right, how do we change this narrative? And uh, that goes into your area of expertise. So uh, how do we do it? Right. Well, of course, on my angle is communication. And again, what's interesting about that is I'm, so I'm teaching people or helping people do shit. I'm not teaching, I'm helping people communicate more efficiently and effectively. And at the same time, I'm learning how to communicate effectively and efficiently with a toddler, which is an interesting experience. It's a whole different kind of communication. <laughs> so that's my biggest hurdle right now is how do I communicate effectively to a person who's just learning words? Um, but yeah. I think obviously building bridges with communication is not only important, but essential to not to, to winning. And by winning, I mean, not being conquered through division. Um, we are living in this polarized state. We're living in a horribly divided time where opinions can get you ostracized and where we're losing touch with people we really care about over opinions. Like it's, it's ridiculous. So yeah, I, I created Parhesia again because of COVID, because of the pandemic, because I saw how bad the division was getting. And it finally, it, it made me step up my game. So I went from being, you know, sort of a, I guess a, a, a sketch comedian and a poet to being someone who's really helping and wanting to help people. And it's going really well. And I think Jason is a, is a, is a living testimonial to that. And I actually love to hear his thoughts on it. Thanks, Benny. Yeah, it's 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 been fantastic, right? When um, the lockdowns happened, I was actually trying to take a couple courses, uh, Toastmasters, and I was going to take like three or four every day of the week, um, and then those all got shut down. And to backtrack a little bit, the reason I was doing that was I grew up um, very high-level athlete. I played at the University of Maryland for soccer on the men's team. We won a national championship, Division One, a couple ACC championships. So, and then uh, I went to play professionally, played one game. I got a head injury that has gone on for almost a decade. So I kind of had, um, it almost felt like the last two years was the macro of uh, my story as the microcosm, um, reflecting back on that now. 
And I quit my corporate job. Uh, I coached and taught for a couple of years, got a corporate job. I quit that to focus on my own health journey as I was failed by the medical system um, many times over. And just as I was going through that and working on speaking to kids at churches, schools, and um, and sports teams, and I was going to cater my specific parts of my story to whatever that organization needed, every everything shut down. So I first lost my dream when I got that head injury. I lost what I thought was going to be a 10-year professional career. And then once I made it out of that, I figured out I want to go and help kids. That's something I'm passionate about. I'm good at. I have a lot of tools to give them. I lost it again. So that's when I really kind of dove in and started seeing how things really worked. And um, once I wasn't able to take Toastmasters and I saw Benny on your podcast, I, was, I told myself I have to jump on this and um, taking this course has been really amazing for me because not only did I see myself as an athlete my whole life, but I was more of like a math guy problems. I'm more introverted. Um, I like to observe and reflect a lot. And, you know, as you go through school, you're, you're, you're ranked and judged. And I wasn't you know, good at English or reading or writing or any of that stuff. So I never read a book freely on my own um, K through 12 and being able to take Benny's course and to say, Hey, that, that was all nonsense. I, you do have a lot of powers within and Ben Benny's empowerment and his tutelage and the skills and tools he's provided me has said, Hey, this has been here the whole time. And everything that's been stuck in here is now able to get out and um, take, take a lot that um, seems really big and turn it into a small little um, three to five minute piece that's very, very powerful and really um, just goes straight into the soul of the listener. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I'd like both of you to elaborate just more on that method. And then Jason, maybe tell a little bit how you've been applying it, uh, you know, in real life. Uh, Benny, just a quick comment. You know, you talk about communicating with a toddler and I see great parallels between the consciousness of a toddler and perhaps the system that you've developed. So because, um, you know, I look at things more on a physiological, neurological level. And there's a point in time when a toddler starts, uh, you know, speaking through abstractions, which is words. And there's something that is triggered neurologically at that point where we start externalizing ourselves more. And then at the same time, we do it at the expense of our inner understandings that are just natural as toddlers. And uh, I've been involved in systems, uh, you know, on that level where you retrain yourself to not just come from the neurological side, but also to, uh, you know, incorporate that part consciously that we had naturally as a toddler. And as you know, communicating with a toddler you don't need words. You're, there's just this amazing, you know, communication that goes back and forth. It's not just dependent on abstract symbols. So um, I wanted to throw that in. Again, I look at things within a different context and you've, uh, you know, wonderfully put that into a system that you can pass on to other people. So uh, tell us how you do that. <laughs> uh, well, with a toddler or with my students? Because <laughs> Well, okay, with the students, I, I go from the outside in is the way I like to describe it. And I start with what is most people's number one fear, which is public speaking. Now, people often think that my course is a public speaking course, and I really emphasize that it's definitely not public speaking course, but there's an element of public speaking in it because not only are people afraid of it, 
but learning the skills that can help you be a good public speaker can help you in any conversation or any confrontation thereafter. So I start big. I start, here's how you talk. Here's how you communicate an idea to a thousand people at once. Okay. And then from there, we start whittling it down. How do you have a conversation with your loved one or with your mom or with your cousin or with your next door neighbor or with a doctor or with the checkout person at the grocery store? And how do you handle yourself in confrontations where truth, uh, some, where you're, you're being asked to represent truth in a, in a moment where there is someone who is perhaps, you know, espousing something that is uh, something you disagree with? Um, how do you handle yourself in that situation? How can you communicate in a way that won't further the divide between you or from them or between them and the topic you want them to understand? And then from there, it goes into creativity. So how do you express yourself creatively? How do you use your voice to uh, through, through some creative platform that can reach people? Because I know from personal experience that creativity can reach people in ways that conversation or presentations can't. And uh, I use the medium of poetry for the class for obvious reasons. I'm a poet for one, but also because poetry is an easily accessible artistic expression. Not to say that poetry is easy, but anyone can play with words. Whereas you want to be a guitar player, you're going to have to learn how to, you know, play some chords. It's going to be a little more challenging, but words we all have and words we can all play with. So I use poetry as a way to help people find their creative voice and then let it, you know, and it's off to the races. They can do whatever they want. But, you know, Jason took the poetry aspect with it and ran, ran with it. And it's, uh, it's been, really amazing for not only me, but all the other students to witness as well. So Jason, tell us how a uh, mathematician type of brain turns into a poet. Yeah, like I said, I think it's like, that was how I perceived my identity. I think it was probably always there, but like I said, I was more introverted. I like to observe. So I was just slower to take things in and to get it out. So I maybe didn't, you know, when you have to keep up with the, the curriculum and everyone's got to be on the same page, no one's left behind. There's not enough time for maybe how I like to learn or to create things to really allow something to flourish. Um, so I think a lot of that's always been in there. And then just taking Benny's course allowed me the different tools and through the method of poetry to, like you said, play with words and ideas and to, to put things out there. Um, um, yeah, both. I, it's been very uh, powerful and it's also been healing in a lot of ways for different things that I've held in to get them out in these creative manners. Um, and part part of the um, writing and creative aspect that I like is well, I feel like if you are raging against the machine, so to speak, that empowers the machine or the system, which whatever this, whichever system it is. And the same thing, if you're glorifying it or you look at your profits as deities, that also empowers it so i like to move i like to think about what i want to say but also the emotion i want to lead people with and i feel like um making people laugh and or um making people um cry and like really get those emotions to move through the body is a very powerful way and when you do it in a creative way uh, it's a little bit softer and it's not direct like if you just tell somebody this is what i want you to believe they already have their program shield goes up but when we do some of our pieces, it just wraps around you in a different way and you don't really know how to deflect it based on your programming. And hopefully later, like Benny, Benny says, 
we, we try to go into conversations not with the end goal of changing their mind because then that's puts too much focus and control on us. And who are we to say that we have to do that in the moment? So we're just about spreading the ideas. And then hopefully that person later will ask some of these questions themselves. Um, once they're in that state where they're laughing or crying, it's a little bit easier to get there than when you're either praising uh, a false authority or you're raging against the other side. Mm. Well said. And I also want to piggyback on a point about poetry is that it focuses you to, it focuses you to have discipline with your own thoughts. So you can have all these ideas and, and, and thoughts about certain topics or certain individuals or certain structures, but unless you really hone it in, you may not be able to ever articulate it or explain it. So you have, it's like forcing yourself to articulate your own thoughts. So it becomes a very pointed expression of abstract thinking, which can be really helpful in communicating ideas. And like he said, therapeutic. So you, you're, you're helping yourself. It's like releasing, it's like a pressure release valve. I'm not going to let all this out into something that's fun and pointed. And it can help you then after you write a poem about it or write a song or whatever, you can now explain that topic better in a conversation because you've honed in the thoughts. Yeah, you've uh, sharpened the spear to pierce the hearts. And it's really exactly. that kind of heart to heart connection versus the ego mind mental state that makes this course seem so amazing because you're not challenging somebody, you're just trying to connect with somebody. Is that a fair exactly. assessment? And so often we do think, I got to like have my ammo ready. I got if I'm going into this, this, uh, this dinner party, I'm gonna have to make sure I say all these things so that they hear, you know, and that's just that's not going to help anything. So I, the first thing we're really trying to cover in the course is identifying your why, your intention. What do you want? Why are you saying what you're saying? Why is it important for you to bring up this topic? Why do you want this person to think differently about it? Understand your own motivations, your own intentions before you embark on these difficult conversations. And that will really help. And if you, and if your, if your goal is to change their mind, well, you probably want to rethink your intention because that's not a very strong one and it most likely won't work. That's not to say that someone's mind can't be changed, but if that's your intention, you're destined to fail. Yeah. People so don't want their minds like, changed. Uh, people don't want their minds changed. No. So it anyway. sounds like it's really a system of psycho-spiritual therapy that uh, somebody has to make those internal changes before they can effectively communicate with other people. So um, brilliant. It's giving people, yeah, it's an intention. Like I, I, I was an actor, I studied theater and, and theater acting and just acting in general for 25 years. And the most important element of being a good actor is understanding your character's motivation. I mean, if you're doing a play, you have to know the arc, where are you starting and where you're, where you're ending. And if you, if you give it away, then it's not interesting. You have to have a want. What does the character want? What drives this person? What is their motivation? That's like drilled into you learning how to be an actor. And that can be applied to real life. Like, what is your intention? What are your goals? You know, if you don't have a goal, then you're going to be aimless. So it really helps, you know, have intentional conversations and intentional, yeah, relationships. And also to have a uh, philosophical foundation behind your poetry, obviously, great poets are typically deep thinkers, right? So right. it forces you to kind of um, really start to 
get one with yourself and what is your cosmology, your philosophy behind what you're writing down. And that, of course, will have a great impact on those you're speaking to through your art because uh, they get to kind of play in your world a little bit. And and it's not so much this is uh, this is my point. It's more like this is who I am and this is how I be. And this is who I am. This is this is an example of what I do, not. And so it's more just like, hey, check me out. Not this, is, you know, I, I love that. I love that. It's that's what art's all about. Right. Right. Yeah. And what the class exposes also is that everybody's a poet. Everyone's a poet, which means everyone's an artist, which means everyone's a creative. I mean, we are creations ourselves. Creativity is our birthright. It's one of it's in our DNA. And a lot of times and kids access it. I mean, my toddler is playing and creating all the time, but we, it gets dulled over time or the doubt creeps in and we think, well, I'm not good enough. I don't have the experience. I don't have the talent. No one's going to be interested. No one wants to hear it. And we just self-defeat ourselves into producing nothing. And it's a waste because I think we're all capable of producing not only one masterpiece, but masterpieces if we allow ourselves to do that. And again, in like this very broken, weird world we live in, it can be like Jason said, therapeutic. If you have a creative outlet, man, it can help you so much with coping with all the nonsense we're dealing with and just life in general, because life is weird and it has, an, has an expiration date and it can be, you can have that existential dread. And if you have an outlet for that, you can find yourself you know, more content and happy and with a lighter disposition daily. And uh, maybe talk a little bit about memes, you know, because social networking largely these days is the antithesis of everything you're talking about. It's just people hating on each other. But memes is, uh, you know, breaking ground and uh, kind of, um, you know, softening that whole arena as well. So, uh, you know, you're the master of memes. So <laughs> maybe you can speak on that for a, a little bit. And then, uh, Jason, we can get back to you in a minute. And uh, you can tell us more how you're applying all this in your real life. Well, I love memes. I think memes are the best thing on social media right now. I think memes are what are really, are, I think they are actually helping us in the war on truth because it's so easy to capture a double standard and sort of an Ill illogic in a meme in a funny way. And I'm all about, see, my, my process has always been, how do you, how do you distill things down to their simplest essence? Like rather than in, in like focusing on the details, how do we get to the core of this issue? Like what, how can I, what's the simplest way I can explain this? And a meme does that in usually a hilarious way, just one image, with a few words. And you're like, there it is. That encapsulates the entire thing. And of course I'm a fan of that. My son's banging on the door. Um, and in social media <laughs> is a plate is a trap. Social media is more or less a trap for communication. People argue, you lose relationships. There's no humanity. It's just your avatar. It's just type words. And a meme can sort of save you from getting into a, a, a fight on the internet. And it can also help spread truth. Yeah, it's a quick repre visual representation of objective truth because we know they the the denizens of the three-letter agencies, for instance, are trying to say we live in a post-truth world now. Exactly. And because they're pushing subjective subjectivity as a means to, of course, propel communist manifestos or whatever they're trying to centralize planners are trying to do. And they require that, this idea that, oh, and now everything's subjective truth, right? You can be a man inside a woman, inside a baby goat. I don't know. But the... 
the idea, of course, is that the, the truth is that there is objective natural law, objective reality. And these memes are just brilliant, quick little ways to slap you in the face to remind you like how ridiculous uh, reality has gotten uh, based around these concepts. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you do a exactly. Monday meme show. Yeah. And every Monday, that- 100 episodes as of uh, this coming Monday, my 100th episode, which is really trippy. But yeah, wow. it's a, I love doing it. Yeah, I have a, it's called Meme Monday. It's on my YouTube channel, which also means it's on my bit shoot, my Odyssey and Brideon. But uh, yeah, I collect the week's best memes and the memes really tell the story. Uh, and I, I didn't realize actually, to be honest, like the significance perhaps of what I'm doing until I made my best memes of 2021 video. Because looking back on the year, the memes in real time capture what's going on in the world. You know, all these, because the news just comes and goes and there's so many stories that just pop up and then they're gone forever. And when you review it, you're like, holy cow, like this is, remember this? And the it's memes really like collective- so the show is really yeah. encapsulating these crazy clown world times we're living in <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> it's the, uh, yeah, the collective consciousness kind of coming forth through it as uh, stamping in the Akashic record, if you will. And yes. yeah, it's important to review this stuff because you're right. They're pushing. What's the next story? What's the next story over here? You know, and move on. We keep moving forward, forward, faster, faster, faster to where we're like spinning out and forgotten all the insanity they pushed on us the last yeah, two years, exactly. for instance. Yeah. Yeah. All the details, the, the, the details of the deception and the, the strangest, which is just like perpetual fear. I mean, it's just the perpetual fear machine. And that's what, you, that's what you've also noticed when you look back at the, the memes from the year. It's like, Remember, hey, remember when monkeypox literally like six weeks ago was like going to be the next COVID or all the different variants from last year or all the nonsense. I mean, it really just comes and goes. Or remember, remember when the Taliban came back into the news for a minute? I mean, it just is like rapid fire fear porn all the time. How how magically during uh, COVID there was no more shootings or any terrorist attacks. Like now they're back. So was so powerful that it would even stop that. They were afraid of they were they were being kind and socially distancing. But, you know, the masks came off and the shootings came back. Oh, man. So, uh, Jason, I'm I'm curious how you, you know, you've taken this. So first of all, I don't know if we said this, but you found Benny through AlphaCast, through AlphaVedic, which is badass. So another reason why you're here. So you're, you've listened to the show and so obviously are familiar with a lot of we talk about. Um, and one, that, one of the core things I talk about is the hero's journey, right? Is finding out what our path is, what our soul's purpose is, what we've contracted to do from our higher self on this plane during this time. Have you felt that you found that through this course and how are you going about this in your life now? Yeah, the course has helped me a lot because like Benny said, whether I'm speaking to a large group or in most days, small groups or especially my wife, my kids, my family, um, it's been a huge impact. And a lot of it's not even just speaking, but it's also practicing how to listen because if we're going to speak, we have to, it's, we can't have everything pre-planned. We have to listen to what the other people are saying, what they're feeling, what, what their direction they're actually coming from. And then we have to be, it's, it's kind of like a read option in football. We have to have multiple different things in mind. And then depending on our read, how the, how the conversation's going, we have to be able to be flexible and adjust our response. But yeah, it's been huge um, for me. And especially like, like last year, um, I mean, in, in January of 2020, I was one of the first people that ordered masks because I didn't know about this or anything else. 
Um, and then at that time, strangely enough, I was getting in trouble because I wasn't supposed to have them only certain you know, we're supposed to save them for the medical community. So then people are getting mad at me for that. And then later when I decided not to wear one anymore, you know, obviously everything flipped, but yeah, it's just going into different businesses or establishments, like just mentally preparing myself because these people that they say are on the front lines, you know, they're forcing them into confrontation and conversations that they aren't equipped to have and should not be having. So each one of these people, they're either expecting somebody to obey them or to, you know, confront them in a loud, aggressive manner. And I didn't either. So I just went in, prepared myself and, you know, this picture of my God, just putting this bubble of love around me and, just calmly telling them no, explaining myself. And then once they didn't see the program go and the two, the dichotomy that they were expecting, then I could inform them of why I'm not doing that. You could do what you want. This is why um, I think you should check into it more. Um, so it was able to allow me to find a third way and to talk to people. And hopefully some of them have uh, broken through and found it on, found some more truth, become curious and ask questions on their own time. So are you doing any public speaking uh, or have aspirations for that? How, how do you plan to move forward with your new skills in the future here? Yes, I definitely do. Like I said, that was my plan when I quit my job in December of 19. And that's um, since then, I kind of been staying at home with my two boys. So I'm trying to figure out how to get back into that, whether it's through um, eventually creating a course similar to Benny's. Um, I created my own channel like you guys podcast and yeah i'm definitely i uh, would be love to do public speaking uh, and presenting um so just right now it's hard to try to um <laughs> chase chase my two little guys around and to do that at the same time so we're trying to find ways where i could have time to carve it out and start building that future that my wife and i want um and what i think is gonna be best for our family to be more flexible in a variety of ways and to give back all these tools and knowledge, um, not just to share my story, just because I want people to know me, but to use my story, because we, we, we communicate in stories. Every If we just tell people facts, they could forget them. But if you tell a story and then you go, oh, here's the realization of the tool or the fact that led me to, they're going to carry that story with them. Um, so it's much more powerful that way. Um, I'm using my story just as my means of communication to say, this is why I know what I know. This is why I was forced to advocate for myself, to become my own researcher, to be in charge of my health. So later when I share things, they could reflect back to my story and be like, oh, he went through all this. This is why he knows this. And then again, be able to speak in a creative way that either makes people laugh, cry. And um, another thing that I like to do is ask questions a lot. Cause when you, if I pose it in a question, the brain naturally wants to learn and think and answer things versus stating a fact. So it's, a, it's almost a way to get a point across. And then I don't want to say trick people into learning or using their brain more to think, but that's another um, little tool that um, through Benny's class that I picked up and used. You know, what would be an amazingly powerful thing, and, and because of your background, which I really appreciate, you know, in professional sports, is to really um, reach out to professional athletes, because uh, they need a lot of help these days. You know, back when I played, it was a whole different thing. Locker rooms were very inappropriate. It's just guys being guys. We, you know, all had fun with each other. It was uh, the original melting pot of people from all racial backgrounds, and 
and we all got along great and we've all been lifelong friends, raised our families together. Now, all of a sudden you have a polarization, even in, you know, sports franchises and highly politicized, uh, you know, a few years back, um, a guy from the Chicago bears uh, reached out to me, you know, and, and just said, Hey, let's, uh, can you help me put together a program? Uh, this was, uh, you know, all the pre COVID and everything, but, uh, you know, our, uh, whole intention was to, uh, bring tools to these athletes that were having a hard time transitioning from professional sports when their career was over, uh, you know, into, you know, the rest of their life. But now what's happening with professional athletes is even worse. It's they're being weaponized against everybody else being used as political tools. And wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if you could reach them in some way so that they are no longer used, but also use their voices, which are heard by a lot of people in a positive way for the change that we're all, you know, wanting to see and what they think they're standing up for in the first place, but, you know, being used. So uh, do you see anything like that off in the future? Yeah. I mean, a lot of my friends are still playing. I've had um, former teammates that have been on the national team, played in world cups, um, and then also, uh, friends in professional sports and, uh, and different sports, but yeah, it's a huge thing. And in the end, we all know it's not that these people, um, our friends, uh, are evil, but everyone it's that everyone has a good heart and the people that are in control of different narratives are using that against them in a variety of ways. Um, and whether that's through, um, the next contract they're going to get money endorsements. There's, there's a lot of different ways and people all want to help. So the biggest thing um, is, yeah, just helping them maybe question what uh, their preconceived notion is, if they've challenged it, possibly looking at a different way to go forward. Because like I said, everyone knows something's wrong right now, but they don't know exactly what it is. And it, it's hard because people don't want to um, in terms of politics, if, if you admit to something wrong, you feel like your team's going to lose points and then they're not going to get voted in. You're going to lose power. But um, as, as one of my pieces I put together, part of it was me admitting how I played into that. Although it was their fault, it was my responsibility to fix it. So it's calling them out in a funny way, but also admitting, yeah, I fell for this. And it's like, in the end, it's like, who, why do I, why am I embarrassed to fall for these tricks that for people to have tens of trillions, hundreds of trillions of dollars of wealth and assets. Like, no, that's something that's easy to admit. Once I admit that, I say, I want to know the truth. And then just off, off to the races from there. Mm -hmm. So Benny, um, where, uh, since we've seen you last, um, where has your program, uh, you know, I know we talked at length our first episode, but, um, uh, as and you've, I'm sure, seen a lot of uh, your clients, you know, along the way, progressing everything. So, and everything, of course, is not static. And and I'm sure your program is evolving along with the time. So, uh, what changes have you seen happen internally for yourself, and where do you see this uh, morphing to? <clears throat> Great question. Well, I've noticed that some people really like the program so much that they want to keep doing it, which is really cool. A good testament to, I think me and what the, what the class has to offer. I mean, Jason is a part of a graduate workshop that I established after last summer's season, which I never anticipated doing, but it's called Parhesia Pro and it's available to graduates only. And I only created it because the graduates wanted it. 
So we've been working together for a year now, which is pretty incredible. I never anticipated that. And as far as growth goes, I had some initial uh, intentions, motivations, goals with the course. And there's aspects that have emerged from it that I didn't see coming. And while I sort of pitched the course as a way to have the impossible conversation, to me, that's just this much of it. And that's important. Be able to handle yourself in a moment of confrontation is necessary. But the cooler aspect is unlocking your voice in a way that can attract people to you, which I think is probably even more important. I mean, let's face it. I mean, community is where it's at. Like you want to be surrounded by people who are thinking similarly to you. I'm not trying to say that everyone needs to think exactly the same way about everything. Like that would be boring. But finding people who are thinking similarly to you, like-minded people that you can build with and laugh with and create solutions and alternatives with, like that's more important than confronting your sister-in-law. It is. Um, and that's a cool byproduct of the course. So that's been something that's been, I, if I were to lean into an aspect of it more, it would be that. Like, how do we take this to the next level? Like, okay, now that we're out of the, now that we're out of Parhesia training one-on-one, what's the next level? And that would be, let's figure out how to use our voices in a way that, that really creates the solutions and the alternatives to the system that we need. Because if you are not reliant on the system, then the system can't hurt you. You know, we need to be able to make the system, we need to make the system obsolete. Like that's the goal. So that would be where I'd want to go with it next is like, let's find each other. And yeah. whether that's when online I'm or like... offline or both, like, I mean, both are important. So, cause then you'll also feel a little less crazy, a little less isolated. A lot of my students are feeling like they're all alone. It's really easy to feel like you're all alone because we have, we have zero mainstream representation, 0% at this point. So, and I think that that's a, it's ridiculous because there's, we're everywhere. People are questioning things everywhere. Um, but we're made to feel isolated. We're made to, we're, we're like bullied into submission and shaking that off and having the courage to speak out or speak up, I should say, not speak out, but speak up um, and realize that there's people all around you, wherever you are, wherever you are in the world, there's people around you in close proximity who are thinking similarly to you similarly to you and recognizing problems similarly to you and you got to find those people and team up and if the very least just have a barbecue together and like yeah. become friends well, and at most yeah. like build something and create something together where you focus your attention is where your reality goes so if you're looking towards lamestream as the reality then yeah you're going to be let down but one thing that we've noticed with like alpha vedic community for instance and all the people visiting us is like we are, I, I feel like we're inundated and totally surrounded by like-minded people now. And it's amazing. Um, and I think Nothing they're coming. I think they're coming. So there, there's the, the greatest gift COVID is that it, it initiated a mass awakening. And well, I'm glad you, you said that because I, I was going to touch on that a second ago, because yeah. based on Jason's story, one of the other reasons why I created the course when I did, it was not only just to help people, but I know full well that when you first clue, like, switch on and start seeing things a little more clearly, your impulse is to scream from the rooftops and tell everybody and do it in a really unhinged manner because it's important. So your impulse is correct, but your execution of it is not usually helpful. And I know because I've been there. 
And yeah, I've been there too. That was me 2010 on Facebook when I was having my first child and the vaccine issue. I was just like, I got to tell everybody these exactly. vaccines are killing all the kids. And it backfires. <laughs> it totally it backfires. backfires. I, was the I have crazy a character coot. on Joy Cam called a conspiracy guy. Yes. Who's the turd in the punch bowl. And that's a mockery of myself because I was that guy. So that's, that's the phase you go through. So I'm there to say, okay, I see that COVID is like an, a big enough event that's going to like have a ripple effect. So it's going to further enslave some, but also free a lot of others. And I want to be there to catch those who are being, getting freed by this because I know that they're going to be, their impulse is going to be to start yelling at people and fire hosing them with information. And especially the way that things are set up right now, if you do that, you can, you can get completely cut off by your friends and your family. You'll be completely censored online. So you have to know how to handle yourself once you are switched on. Um, and that's, that was like one of the main reasons why I created the course when I did, because I was like, okay, I want to help people who are waking up because of this. Beautiful service, beautiful service to, to us and our community. And it is all about community. And I think what I'm seeing, what's been a really fun to see in the last year is these different pockets of community. Like we talked about the bears, the alpha beta community, friends like Kelly Brogan, and she has an amazing community. We're all coming together now. It's like these these little federations that are being created and coming together. And we are outnumbering the lamestream because a lot of the lamestream people, what is their community? Their community is literally professional sports, the Oscars, um, what the news is saying, you know, and then like, yeah, traditional kind of going to kids soccer games maybe, or things like that, which we know was completely disrupted and destroyed by COVID. So I think the mainstream normie has actually lost a lot of community and that's, that's helping in their awakening. So the tide is definitely turning right now. Yes. What, while censorship is frustrating, it's a great, indicator that we're onto something big if there was if we were completely off base in the things we were claiming and saying and bringing to the table they would have no need to censor us because we would expose ourselves for being ridiculous truth fears no investigation so the censorship proves that we're on the right track and that more and more people are getting it so they have to it's like whack-a-mole they're trying to like keep the keep the mole down but we're going to keep popping up somewhere else because you, the truth is undeniable and you can't suppress it for too long, especially when you're dealing with outright nonsense. Like it's so obvious now it used to be a little more veiled. Now it's like right there. It is blatant. And, uh, well, you know, our president and our commander in chief, uh, just came out and said, we need to start uh, getting a budget for the second, uh, pandemic pandemic that's coming. <laughs> it's like, dude, they're just straight out. He just straight up says it now. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's absurd. We're living in just absurd. It's I think clown world is an apt term because it's it just feels clownish. Yeah, I was just sharing this article for our friend Hannah Maria. She she went to uh, for Pride Month now, or which soon will be Pride Year, right? And then we'll have Hetero Month. Um, but uh, basically, <laughs> in Helsinki, uh, she was at uh, a, she went to a library reading of a it's not even like a trans person, right? These are straight up transvestites, right? It's literally a clown. It's a man dressed up as a female clown that's freaky looking, talking to children in a library. That is talk about a blatant reality representation of clown world. There you go. Literally scary clowns dressed up as an opposite gender. T telling stories to our kids. I mean, it's just, you can't even I know, make this I know. stuff. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And then people, people who support that stuff, 
like this is how crazy it's gotten like they think that's the cause like that's what we have to fight for we have to fight for trans rights and they build you know for the drag queens to be able to teach our kids in school and so that's the revolution four-year-olds learning about sexuality like that's insane well it's the ultimate psyop too it's a psychological warfare because they're literally using a clown to um (laughs) you know and it's even for real legit trans people where maybe you did reincarnate in the wrong way something got messed up or whatever now you are being represented by a clown as well so it's causing you mental anguish as well as obviously increasing more divisiveness because those who are on the moral right let's say um are going to get more and more angry when they see some kind of psychotic looking clown speaking to the children so once again it is the created it is developed it's a psychological warfare uh technique to create more divisiveness no more conflict more anger and so literally your parhesia course is a counter to this in a brilliant beautiful way uh it is more needed than ever uh yes and one of the one of the aspects of parhesia the the word not my course but i guess my course therefore but the word itself is implies true speaking truth to power Parhesia is Parhesiastes is one who speaks truth to power. And there's a guy named Michel Foucault who wrote an essay about Parhesia, who said, if we don't exercise Parhesia, if we don't have Parhesia in our culture, it leaves the door open for the masters to run amok. So we literally need Parhesia in order to not let tyrants rule us. And I think it's convenient and not a coincidence that the word Parhesia has been lost from our lexicon because it not only is it, does it imply free speech, freedom of speech, but how to speak truth to power. Yeah, it's the court jester. That was the role. I think we talked about on the first self cast yep. you know, keep, keeping the king in check, uh, yep. super the important. Fool. <clears throat> yeah, the fool in Shakespeare is always the smartest character and he's funny. And it really reframes freedom of speech. Uh, you know, I think freedom of speech, first amendment to most people just means being able to blurt out whatever the heck you want to blurt out. But what it really means also is losing that emotional impulse to have to speak, you know, uh, whenever you get triggered for some reason. So it goes in both directions. And uh, that's a whole different dimension in free speech. I don't think most people entertain at all. Right. Yeah, well, just like, I mean, real freedom, I think, is found through discipline. And the same can be applied to speech. So you can think that speaking your mind is really you being bold and taking action. But if you don't have like a a, a deliberate approach or like an intention behind it, it's really not going to help anything. So having some discipline in your freedom of speech uh, will help you become a better communicator. Well, I think the word discipline itself triggers everybody out there that still has daddy issues, but uh, (laughs) discipline discipline (laughs) definitely is the opposite of slavery. Agreed. I think, well, yeah, I think I've definitely come around to that, that true freedom comes from discipline and it's been flipped in our in the mainstream so yeah. that freedom comes from doing whatever you want whatever you feel it's that's and that's actually slavery because now you're a slave to all your impulses and it's also yeah. violence. And discipline and discipline does not uh it all connotes something that's very rigid or controlled Absolutely. it's just having the ability to willpower yeah exactly self-control self-ownership if you will yeah. anyway and, and uh, I really want, I, really I want was just going yeah, to right. say this to, to Benny, you know, the free speech idea of just being able to say whatever you like, well, then you're just repeating what the system's doing because that way it can be very much like violence. You're put, you're now 
being violent with your words and it's not voluntarious in in that sense right it's like so what you're really created is a voluntarist approach towards communication where it is nonviolence yeah in essence yeah and i'm i'm i don't think people that we don't get taught how to communicate there's no there really isn't a way of learning communication or even vocabulary or how to speak in general so we and and especially now with this like emotion based reality where everything's emotional and we 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 believe things because it emotionally feels true. Uh, we need we need some help. We need some communi communicative uh, advice. And there's also like language reduction because of social media. But yeah, there's a there's never been a, a need, never been a time with more need for better communication than there is right now. In my opinion, well, at least in my lifetime that I've seen, we need to be able to communicate because opinions should not get you ostracized from your family so benny a second ago there's something you wanted to get back oh into. i just want to make sure jason uh, gets to share a poem or two yeah because i was going to ask incredible i was definitely going to get to that yeah. and, and ask him to do that uh i guess we could do that now jason did you want to uh share some of your poetry sure let me pull it up here real quick all right the first one is called the truth I'm going to put this, it's called, this says authority. So this is about, um, I'm going to portray an authority figure trying to contemplate and wrestling within themselves what to do with the truth. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. What am I to do with something so powerful is you. Do I lock truth up and throw away the key? Keep truth in a safe, a monopoly, or little old me? Do I stand next to truth, back straight, tall and erect? Is truth that fragile that it needs me to protect truth from those with suspicious eyes? Do I manually separate truth from lies, dress truth up in a fancy disguise, a sexy outfit perhaps to be televised? What about trick plays like misdirection? Look here, no there, the ultimate deception. Use bread and circuses to keep the masses contained. Maximus, the peasants, are they not entertained? Do I leave truth wild and free for every man, woman, and child to see? To question, to test, and to inspect it while us chosen ones take but a short respite? Should I employ a middleman to convey what the truth actually has to say but shouldn't truth be able to speak for itself or did truth lose its tongue when it comes to your health should i hire checkers of the facts or a payroll people to go out and attack those who dare to question the story provided can a people ever discern truth if divided the truth what am i to do with something so powerful is you should i monopolize you or decentralize you do I show faith and trust in the people or look down on them as simple-minded sheeple who must be corralled and told what to do? I think I know about me, but what about you? If I hold in my hands the absolute truth for future generations, I know what I would do. But now again, I must ask, what about you? Brilliant. That was awesome. 
I think you have a uh, an unlocked talent, then, my friend. Can um, you do one more, Jason? Can you do one more? Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear one more. Laughing at tyrants. Sorry, real quick, too, are you where are you publishing this too? I want to put this in the show notes and make sure people can come support you. We'll get into that at the end. But are you? Uh, what is the what do poets do now these days in terms of publishing and putting work out? Uh, so far, I haven't. The <laughs> only place I put it out is in Benny's Parties or Pro class. So I haven't um, done that. But yeah, again, eventually, I do want to have a channel where I both put put out my poetry and and speak freely um, with Parhesia on different topics. But I have not done that um, thus far. This is the first uh, public outside of the course place that I've done my poetry. Maybe. Um some of your poetry can get into the bears uh magazine because they uh owen puts out a magazine that could be okay. cool uh but the written word on a in an actual book right like this is important that we keep doing this so that's why i bring it up like figuring out a way to self-publish or whatnot um because uh i feel like reading the written word printed on a book especially poetry is like there's an alchemy involved with that that's really powerful. So yeah, definitely long term. I do. Yeah. Once I have, I don't know how many, but I would like to make a, a poetry book for collections. And then for some of these, I also want to do, um, I want a visual movie to go along with it, whether it's like a music video or something. So I think the visuals are very powerful to actually see somebody in this example to struggle going through it, so to speak. And then at the end, I took this off. They said, yeah, I'm not your authority. I'm not ruling a master over you. I know what I want to do with it. Um, so I see both the pair, the word of the parhesia with a visual, I think is powerful. So I want to um, eventually find somebody who could, who could help me with that as well. Beautiful. So here another um, one. So this, Laughing this at tyrants. One, okay. This is actually the very first um, poem that I wrote. So I came out of the gates pretty hot with this one. So this is, uh, I'll explain what it is after, but uh, this is called laughing at tyrants. When you see them in the streets, brash and bold on the TV screens, <laughs> start laughing at tyrants. Anybody who claims authority over you mentally collect them like Pikachu. <laughs> start laughing at tyrants. We've been trained to call them the leaders of the free world, ha! but they're nothing but tyrants. The state's got a monopoly on violence. No longer will I sit in silence. The emperor has no clothes. Obama led the league in threes, dropping bombs from deep. Is this freedom or am I asleep? <laughs> start laughing at tyrants. MLK stated, I have a dream. Physical violence I don't condone. Obama looked over with a twinkle in his eye and said, but I got a drone. Donald Trump, Donald Trump, the big bad orange man, miraculous savior to the conservative clan. Freedom lovers, he's the same horcrux you swore to destroy. Soon you'll see he's playing you child like a toy. But he's the best president of our lifetime. Pretty low effing bar, but he says he likes the flag. It was that easy to set him apart. But was it really so? Could it really be? Just before the order of the new world went globally, Donald Trump came to set us free miraculously? But was it really so? Could it really be? The power always lies within you and me. <laughs> Start laughing at tyrants. The hunger game makers provide the script. Fox News, CNN, blah, what a trip. You're either with us or against us, left versus right. Like WWF, Royal Rumble, they coerce us to fight. The right shouts, own the libs. The left responds, own the cons. In the end, we're all getting played. We're being used as pawns. Obama, I saw that you were false, so I assumed Trump was true. Attacked Hillary, played me with that false dichotomy as a critical thinker. Now that trick won't do. 
You know why the Dems took it away from old man Bernie? Now I see it crystal clearly. It always had to be the lovely Miss Hillary. The stage had to be set. Trump versus the Wicked Witch. The cons needed a show where they took out that. Oh, there's one thing I know for sure, America. It's that, that Donald Trump will never be president. So the one person Obama called out became a White House resident. You two played it up like you were enemies, like an amateur. I fell for the trap. I walked right into it blindly. But now that I see it, it's like, holy crap. You two arrived on each wing as a savior, but you're false in my eyes. I see through your disguise. You both are nothing but divide. There's only one true Lord, and that's Jesus Christ. <laughs> we laugh at you. <laughs> we laugh at you. Two sides of the same coin. You're nothing but tyrants with a monopoly on violence. No longer I will sit in silence. The emperors have no clothes. It's time to recognize if you want to truly be free, the power has always been with the people like you and me. <laughs> you silly tyrants. Amazing. So you have a good future in rap as well. Yeah, that yeah, that one it just brought out a lot of different emotion. And that was um, as Benny said, that's how I played with the words and was able to accept responsibility in the, the scheme as I played my part while also laughing and uh, digesting it and, and coming through it and then taking these perceived authorities and bringing them down to our level or even below because people that try to coerce and manipulate and steal and scheme are, can't be equal with us. They have to be below us. So that was a fun way for me to, to put that all together. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. That hits on well, so many levels, hits on so many levels. Cause not only is it I'm kind amazing. of a freestyle, uh, you know, tactic there, which, though the youth enjoy and i think this you know you could help really inspire a lot of uh youth to start starting rap you know groups and stuff speaking more to this way like original hip-hop was right very conscious and stuff but then too that is a the the tactic it's like laugh at them laugh at the freaks that think they're in power for sure man that was awesome dude great job yeah, Thanks, guys. yeah amazing it. Yeah. And if it's you have powerless. any more you want to share with us, uh, feel free. But, you know, uh, you guys take it wherever you want to go. Well, I just want to let people know that the next season of Parhesia starts in one month from now. So mm -hmm. let's say mid to late August. And I have mm -hmm. about 10 spots left in my workshop. Um, if you want in, I'd love to have you. There's a discount, AlphaCast. Put it in the coupon code when you sign up a little discount for uh for listening and finding me here and yeah it's it's super exciting so i'm sure i think the link's in the description for this yep. um if you have any questions about the course feel free to ask me benny at bennywills.com and check out me monday this coming monday for my 100th episode which is pretty epic and if you do watch it, you sign up for the meme mailing list you get all the memes from the show delivered to your inbox the next day so you can use them spread like a virus around social media <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, the only real virus and right. the, the so you know what i'm envisioning too with all these parhesha uh graduates that are and if we have any more like jason wow you could create your own network and then boom there you go you have a new comedy network poetry entertainment that's coming from gnosis right from true logos and uh give these guys a platform because 
Yeah, the the written word's great and books are awesome, but that, that was a great point you made too, Jason, about doing like visual representations via video edits, animations. That now, now you're looking to employ other creatives that might have left Hollywood, right? That were maybe an animator or a graphic designer. Um, and now you guys create your own network. You jump on Cordal, uh, so you're not ever censored. You have ability to microfinance yourself. Now you're entrepreneurs in the new space. And um, that's where I envision all this going, right? Is it's we build up our own systems, our, our own media platforms, and it's happening. Yeah, for sure. And also just to sort of piggyback on that, but in the, on the course in general, like Jason's writing amazing poetry, but the poetry again is just a stepping stone to help unlock your creative, immense creative potential. There's a woman who was in the second season who is a sketch artist and as a result of the class, she really stepped into being a cartoonist for truth. And she wow. has a weekly comic strip now. I think it's weekly. Anyway, she does it often. That's her. She really stepped into it. But she does uh, cartooning uh, comic strips because of Parhesia. And so it can really, the poetry just gets you to where you need to be so you can be go off and do whatever you need to do to express yourself. The revolution in art, because we know art has been historically um, kind of captured by the sort of left mentality, right, for decades. It's weird how that seems like all the artists that somehow rise to the top have this sort of leftist collectivist mentality that seems counter to common sense and natural law. So to be able to have this sort of natural immersion or excuse me, a natural growth um, of artists now really speaking truth uh is really positive to see we're seeing it everywhere uh where do you see that going benny in the next few years do you see also this trend of kind of countering this because you came from hollywood you know what i mean it's like yeah. everybody knows this well it's, i think it's one of our i think it's one of the best tools we have is a creative approach i mean like what jason just did with that poem you you're able to take all these ideas and thoughts and opinions and really distill it down to something that's very direct and pleasing to the ear I mean, when I write poetry, I'm always thinking, would, how would I feel if I was listening to this? I mean, it's melodic. So it's, it has a way, like you want to keep listening to it. Um, and I also know from doing Joy Camp over the years, sketch comedy, that people often will say to me, man, I wasn't able to talk to my, to my, my, say my mom about this topic until I showed them your video about chemtrails. Or I played them your poem about vaccines. And now we're having a conversation in, or it's the first time I've talked to them in 10 years because I shared one of your videos. Like what's interesting about that is I can't reach my family with my stuff, which is really, it's, it doesn't make any sense, but I can't reach my family with my poetry, but someone else can use my poetry to reach their family. Yeah. It's all, it's very bizarre how it all works, but as long as it works, it's all that matters. Um, so I think that in order to really I don't want to say, I hesitate to say win, but for lack of a better term, win, we have to really, um, we have to not forget that we have creativity as a tool because it's one of the most important and one of the most effective tools we have towards getting our friends and family and fellow man to actually see what's going on and to take power away from the tyrants. Like Jason just said, laughing at the tyrants, take power away from these people. These people are weak. All they have is propaganda and, you know, lies to convince people and fear mongering to convince people that things are the way that they say they are, but these people are weak. 
I mean, could you imagine if Bill Gates came to your door with a vaccine in his hand? Would he be able to get away with sticking it in your arm? Absolutely not. I don't even know people. if he could lift it with his little weak puppet That's what hands. I mean. Take power away from them. I'm constantly looking for ways to take power away from these people. And when you're laughing, you're not afraid. Yeah, amen to that. And when you're creating beauty and coming from a place of love, it's uh, it's the same thing. And, you know, Absolutely. poetry comes in many forms. And a lot of us are adapting lifestyles that conform more to natural law. And, uh, you know, magic really starts happening then. So I think just that example for a lot of people, you know, watching how beautiful lives can unfold when you're in that natural state versus um you know what most people are undergoing right now so um yeah uh just brilliant jason uh i'll be a regular follower of yours uh, from now on so brilliant work thanks guys really appreciate you having me on and one yeah once once i get things up and going i'll definitely um reach out through benny and let you know where at and maybe we could collaborate and connect on a couple of things as well. Fantastic. Yeah, feel free to join us on Telegram. Uh, for those listening, uh, t.me forward slash Alpha Vedic, there uh, you can share your poetry uh, and, you know, allow it, allow our community to enjoy it that aren't catching it here because uh, it's fun, man. It's fun stuff. People really will dig it. Yep. When Benny when Benny performed at Music in Sky last year, that was one of the highlights for me because it was really cool to see people kind of get lit up by your poetry. Uh, it really does work in in an amazing way in a public forum like that when you're on stage speaking poetry like that to a group and and seeing the magic unfold in front of an audience is really cool. It's like stand up comedy in many ways, right? It's a great art form. One of my favorite musicians of all time in bands growing up were the doors and of course jim morrison he considered himself more a poet than a rock star and there's probably a reason why he was installed uh to kind of lead you know as we go deeper into that we understand where he kind of came from and um but to have the, the future poets of this world the future rock stars speak speaking of real truth uh is where we're going so welcome to the new age and uh yeah, guys, appreciate you so much. So I'll have the links in the show notes, not only for the course and the discount code, but also uh, ways to find Jason. If you have that, Jason, if not, we can add that later. Um, any uh, final things uh, you guys would like to mention before we wrap this up? Oh, just appreciation for you guys having us on and uh, giving Jason a platform is really awesome. And yeah, I'm hopefully going to be able to come to Music and Sky. My wife and I have been talking about it. We are going to see if we can make it work even with the two youngsters um we did have like a four month old at the last one as was the youngest i believe we had and a lot of one-year-olds two-year-olds so it's a family event so it's just the one-two yeah. punch of the two in diapers like it's a lot but yeah we want to make it happen because it seems like a lot of fun and we and we love you know we're from southern california well, i'm from southern california we met in southern california we have so many friends there i would love to go back and you know, just to enjoy that experience. 
We will be uh, also having Luminary Village again, which is now we have, I was talking to Dr. Edith yesterday. She has like four or five now unschooling communities that have popped up throughout the whole Bay Area and they're all coming. So uh, it'll, there'll be a big presence of parents there that are out of the system that are literally unschooling their kids in these little micro village communities they're creating mostly right now in the Bay Area, greater Bay Area. So they'll be there. So Benny, if you are looking to network with parents that are already kind of doing it ahead of before your kids get into more, you know, in the school age, that would be a great networking opportunity as well. And for anyone listening to that is That's a awesome. big, big, big focus for us. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I'm, I am. That is really interesting to me because I'm seeing now more than ever how, well, what a big job it is to be a parent first, but also how to protect them from the intense propaganda I mean, it's intense and it's everywhere and it's conscious and it's subconscious. And I want um, to make sure that my boys are unaffected by it and or that they can definitely spot it in its track so they know what to avoid. So I, I'd be curious to know other parents tactics who have been who have kids who are a little older than mine, who've been already doing such a thing. So we are all yeah. about you know, networking with parents. And imagine yeah. having so, a parhesia type course with kids, right? Like imagine having them right out of the gates next. integrated next. into the unschooling or whatever, whatever kind of educational platform well, people are into. That's yeah. my Being next amazing. creative endeavor. I'm because I have my poetry like book that I really should publish that I have lost track of. But my next creative endeavor is really going to be focusing on either children's stories or children's poetry to, uh, get for the children. Cause it's, I mean, the target is always the children and I want to make sure that children have uh, entertainment and things that has uh, freedom, truth, and just positive vibes throughout it. So um, that's my next creative project. Speaking on that, Benny, we started having our kids in the seventies and uh, we saw this coming back then. In fact, we were living off grid when we first had wow. our, our first kid there. And I was just doing uh, shifts in the hospital, you know, and then spending most of the time there at the homestead. And uh, so they went completely through homeschool. We did two-step them into the university system only because they elected to go. Uh, but by that time, they already had their their minds solidify as far as, you know, how to exert your own will force. And uh, so they didn't succumb to any of that. And again, now they're in their 40s and they have a very, um, you know, clear sense of purpose, can see through everything. Uh, so as long as you don't institutionalize your kids in any way or, uh, you know, let them be exposed to any kind of medicine, as we think of it or uh, be uh, exposed to fake food, uh, anything, yeah. you know, that they throw at us these days, uh, people just naturally turn out pretty well. So our kids, even though we did all that before it was fashionable, they're doing just fine now. And the gratifying thing I see with all of this exposure now is more and more people are electing to do the same. In fact, they see it as a necessity and not even an option anymore. Yep, absolutely. And the, ba the bad news is the programming and the propaganda and the demoralizing comes from every direction, every single facet of society, whether it's education, entertainment, advertising, et cetera, et cetera. It's all there to control you. And look how hard they have to work to try to make that work. They work overtime. And all it takes is 
one moment for a person to snap out of it. So no matter how institutionalized someone is or how indoctrinated or programmed, you can still be liberated. And that's beautiful. Yep. So libera and liberation is instantaneous, whereas indoctrination is like consistent every minute of every day. And I think that's beautiful. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm yeah. I can testify to that because I was that person and it can happen to anybody. Fantastic. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks so much uh, for joining us today on this lovely talk. Uh, if you uh, are attracted to working with Benny, check out the link below. Like we said, you can use the um, discount code AlphaCast. Is that correct, Benny? Yeah, AlphaCast. Uh, for a discount. Uh, that was a 10% discount. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it sounds uh, like something I would love to do, man. Uh, this would be incredible. And if you can make it out to Music and Sky, maybe you could do a, a micro workshop if you're into that I'm into uh, it. with the community because this is valuable stuff. There's I, one thing I have seen in the community of the quote unquote awake is this bit of cynicism where it's like, oh, humanity's doomed. Let's just you know, find a, a, a homestead community in the mountains and wait for the collapse. And it's like, that's never going to work never going to work it we have to make the bridge to the new world by connecting with every soul around us and having compassion for every soul around us that's hard really really hard to do when you've got normies that are just zombies out there but you are doing it right and it's because as they awake you know we're wait we're waiting for them so in any way we can assist them towards that awakening the better yes. yeah and if if you're hopeless if you're feeling like all is lost then they've already won if you're sitting there thinking it's pointless, uh, you know, they're, they're too much, it, the trajectory is too bad. It's going to, it's, it's all going to fail. It's all going to be bad. Well, then you're helping them. They have you exactly where they want you. So I'm definitely there to try to lift people back up and get them out of that feeling of hopelessness and loneliness and back into a feeling of productivity and action and optimism. Beautiful brother. Precisely. And thanks to both of you again for being with us today. Uh, Benny, always good to see you. Uh, you good reconnecting too. today. And yeah. truly a pleasure getting to know you, Jason. Uh, keep up the brilliant work. Uh, we'll be following you. So thank you for being with us. And if you're ever out in the West Coast, we'd love to see you. we got a nice place on the river here for you. So uh, you've always got a home out on the West Coast. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Bye, if you enjoyed this chat, please give us a thumbs up, share with your friends and family. That really helps us. Uh, and uh, yeah, go to Be Sovereign if you haven't yet. Uh, if you're on YouTube still, Be Sovereign is where we're uh, putting up a lot of our stuff, or everything. And it's uh, fully, uh, you know, censor proof because Sayer G's behind it and he's really been backing us on that. And then, uh, of course, we're on Odyssey as well. And this also comes out as an audio podcast. So uh, feel free to uh, definitely support us on Patreon. As of now, we are getting off that platform very soon, but patreon.com forward slash alphavedic. And then, of course, on Discord at alphavedic.com forward slash discourse, uh, Discord. And then all of our products are available at alphavedic.com. We love you guys. We will see you next week. Cheers. Oh, and I forgot to almost say, remember to get outside, get nature, get your feet dirty in that dirt, go out and plant something. Really, that is the best way uh, to get uh, back in touch with yourself and this, everyone around you. Love you. See you next week. Bye.